back to the EDM Podcast. My name is Connor O'Brien. If you're new here, this is a show where we interview artists, producers, and industry experts, really anyone who we feel can help you grow as a music producer. This week, Black City sat down to chat on the EDM Podcast. Black City is an extremely talented producer based out of Bristol that's carved out a unique lane with his brand of emotional, melodic electronic music. He's an introspective artist and human, and he shares a ton of valuable insights and advice for producers. Now, in this episode, we discuss how Laxity discovered his unique sound and style, and how this fits into the overall direction he has for this project. He talks about how he's historically struggled with anxiety and self-doubt, and how he's overcome this to turn his passion for music into a career. On the production side of things, we talk about his complete writing workflow, why he stays away from third-party plugins, and his approach to crafting more memorable and unique sounds. Overall, if you're someone that has ever struggled with self-doubt or anxiety with music, and let's be honest, who hasn't, you will find a ton of value in this interview. Lastly, I want to mention that Lack City does production streams about three times a week on Twitch that you all should absolutely check out. His streams are fantastic, and I can't emphasize how beneficial it is to watch how other artists write music. Production Twitch streams weren't a thing when I was learning how to produce music, and I wish they were, but I quite literally dreamed that they were. Back in college a few years ago, I had a dream where Flux Pavilion opened up one of his project files and showed me the sound design inside of it, and fast forward to now, and the real Flux is doing weekly production streams, which to me is just crazy. Long story short, you should all check out Wax City's production streams on Twitch, as there is a ton of educational value with them. Just search at Wax City Music on Twitch, or follow the link in the description of this episode. He's also dropping a brand new sample pack on Splice tomorrow. If you checked out the sample pack that he did with Medicine, you know there's going to be some goodies in there, so get yourself some Splice credits and go check that out. With that, let's wrap things up. Here's the EDM Podcast with Lax City. All right, welcome back to the EDM Podcast. Today I'm joined by Josh, who releases under the name Lax City. Josh, how you doing today? I'm good. Uh, just a bit tired because like, I had a heavy weekend of going to events, but I'm good now. So to get started, I'd love to learn a bit more about your background with music. You can go back as far as you'd like, but I'd love to learn what got you into music and more specifically music production. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't remember specifically when the interest started, but like, I feel like the, it's always been there. It, it just never, it just never occurred to me, like to manifest it into, um, music production that I do or be like an artist that makes songs like when i was younger i just used to be fascinated by music listening to music all the time although my parents would um would always be playing um christian music and like mm-hmm. reggae stuff like that i um i was very interested in music in general i would only listen to like what my like my sister my older si- had an older sister who was who had, who had this um boom box that she'd mm-hmm. play uh songs on the radio from and she'd like record on a tape and keep for later. And I would sometimes steal the, ta- the tape and listen to it. And she had like some 50 cent songs that re- she recorded from the radio. And I got into like rap music that way. And then um, when I got to like, what, nine years old and we moved to the UK in 2005 from Zambia, I started uh, getting into rock music a lot. Mm like when I was 10, like in uh, secondary school. And okay. um, eventually when Skrillex released um, Bangarang, I didn't know who Skrillex was at the time, but I was just, yeah. um, I was in my mom's car one time. I just put the radio on, um, on BBC Radio 1 and they played 
Bangarang, and it was the most. <laughs> it was the most like uh, I don't know. I was I I was just losing my shit, just like bopping in the car by myself, and yeah. I was like, oh my oh my god, what song was that? But I didn't really know what song it was, and like it wasn't until my friend um my friends in secondary school started getting into like dubstep when it started like ex- exploding like UKF yeah. and all that stuff and I I just used to browse YouTube um and um did you ever use a platform called Groove Shark back in the day no. any chance uh yeah it's it was kind of similar to um Spotify but it had like a select few songs but I think the platform got taken down because of like you know copyright because they had songs on there that weren't supposed to be there but um, through there, I used to listen to like all sorts of random dubstep artists and dubstep songs, and I got I got obsessed with electronic music, and I wanted I had this sudden desire to just you know make try to make that kind of music. So yeah. in school, I would often sneak into <laughs> our music rooms where they had like um, Mac computers, and I would just open GarageBand, put some loops in there and just try to do things with them like even though even though the music really never made sense i actually enjoyed the process of like just taking loops and organizing them and everything it wasn't until my cousin who lives in arizona in the u.s came to visit me in the uk and we just got into this conversation about music like our favorite music and um my cousin likes to rap so she um she started talking about a friend she knows that like um makes beats in fl studio and i was like oh what's fl studio and it was like oh I don't, she, she was like i don't know it's just the software he uses i've not really um i've not re- i don't really know what it is but um that's what he uses to make music and she yeah. played me some of his tunes and i actually liked them and then the name fl studio just stuck in my head like i just went to research it after that my parents really never let me use the computer that much so i was um I used to go, when I went to school, I used to go into the computer room and then <laughs> I downloaded the demo on a flash drive. <laughs> so I'm like the school um, computers. Yeah. Uh, so I downloaded the demo on a flash drive. And then the next time that my dad let me use the computer, I installed FL Studio, the FL Studio demo on that flash yeah. drive. And I would carry that flash drive wherever I went with me. And you could open FL Studio on it, like from there. And, um, yeah, just kept, I've just, um, kept practicing in the demo for as long as possible. And then it's not until I got the full version that I really started like becoming serious with music, like making beats every day. Um, just trying to like connect with people on SoundCloud. That was, it wasn't, I didn't really see it as like networking at the time. I was just, um, I, I just used to browse SoundCloud all the time. And if I thought someone's music was good. I just hit them up and like, you know, we'd bond over like video games or like some people um, I met were just into anime and we just bond over that stuff. But eventually it's like I just joined this network of a community and, um, you know, I used to show them my music and it just um, it went around. And it's not until I released my song Failed Exams. That's when like... That's that's the song that helped me decide that okay, music is now something I want to do as a career. And yeah. <laughs> long story short, here I am. Did you have anybody 
in person that you were connecting with over music production specifically? Like you mentioned that you were connecting with people over SoundCloud. Did you have anyone like in high school and stuff? Uh, no, not really. It, yeah. it was in real life. Um, music production was quite a lonely place for me. Like there was not really anyone else that was interested in. Um, maybe there was like people that were interested in playing instruments and, you know, playing um they were they were like doing music GCSE in school, but um, you know we never I never really connected with anyone else that was into music. <laughs> yeah, it's, I just um I was I was probably the only one that um like my friends were briefly interested in dubstep for a while, but after that they were just yeah they were like nah I, I don't like dubstep anymore. So I was like so I I just went on my own uh kind of quest just discovering more electronic music and more electronic music artists but no there were i don't i can't really i can't really say there was anyone i was um connecting with musically i've always just been just done everything over the internet you also mentioned that getting the full version of fl was a step in you taking music a bit more seriously when that happened was that you still treating music production as a hobby or did you have kind of earlier aspirations of this turning into more of a career it was okay. When I say um, taking it seriously, it's more like um, it's not really like making it a career. I just got into it like as much as possible, like with the intention of becoming the best I can be with it, like improving mm -hmm. my skills for mixing, mastering, uh, writing melodies, all that stuff. I was inspired by um, artists I look up to to you know be like them. Yeah, but. Um, I wasn't really thinking thinking of it on the lines of um, you know turning it into a career. It was just um, something yeah. I just wanted to get really good at, you know. So kind of at the start, you were secretly learning how to produce in the FL demo. Where were you going to get better? Was it just you messing around, or did you have anything else that kind of helped you grow your knowledge and skill set as a producer? I used to. Um, there, there was this website. It was, it's called uh, howtomakeelectronicmusic.com, and it's, I think it's still running. And there's this guy that used to post um, sound design tutorials in Ethel Studio, um, yeah. like just very simple ones, like um, simple like simple tutorials that teach you how to use reverb or delay or effects or learn about what um, oscillators are in general. And um, I just learned like the basics, like, you know, oscillators, sit filters and whatnot in sound design and it's yeah. i guess it's just been a lot of um experimentation messing around um i learned by observing uh other people make music okay like maybe they might have used a different daw but um the techniques they were using were pretty much like transferable and translatable so i just um i just used to observe and uh try it out myself and you know just keep doing it until i create my own sound Kind of on that note about finding your own sound, I feel like there's like a distinct vibe and emotional quality for what you have for the Lack City project. So I kind of yeah. want to hear you talk more about developing that project and if that's or if that was an intentional part of what you wanted this project to be for you. Honestly, I um I never really thought about like having a name when I started music in general, but like um what uh laxity means to me is just um like it's 
it's like a personal thing of mine. So my entire life, I've always struggled with like anxiety and a bit of depression, but like I've never really told anyone about it before. Like I have, I have now, but um, back then when I was younger, I really didn't think of like, you know, th- problems or thoughts I was having as like a big thing I should tell people about because I didn't really want to bother anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so laxity is just a platform for me to express myself because I'm, I'm also like the quiet type. Like I, I don't really, um, I don't really like talk that much. I'm mm-hmm. just, um. I'm just always quiet. Like my mom, my mom almost told me like ever since I've been a kid, I've just kept to myself. I only, I only spoke when I'm spoken to. Yeah. And um, laxity is just that medium that I use to express emotions. I can't verbally, if you know what I mean. I think that's, I think that answers your question. Totally. No, it makes a ton of sense. Like the way that your life outside of music fits into your direction and goal inside of music. I always think it's really interesting to hear that. Yeah, exactly. So an interesting thing that you have with your project, your Wax City project, is I feel like it's very fan-focused. Like you're always connecting with fans one-to-one. You've got your Twitch streams. You've got your Patreon, which is allowing you to connect to people more so one-on-one. Where do you feel like this desire to connect a bit more deeply with your fans and friends comes from? I think it comes from the fact that um, in in uh secondary school which is pretty much high school in america um i didn't really like have a lot of friends per se i had like maybe one or two but like i wasn't really like the most socially outgoing person so i never really like had a lot of friends growing up i think uh me connecting with my fans and like becoming friends with them has been the most fulfilling thing ever Mm -hmm. i think i think music has brought that solved that problem for me that i had uh because i've just i've met the most amazing people through music and just um just bonding with them over similar interests like most of uh, the producers i've met to always turn out to be like you know nerdy and into (laughs) video games and just into like you know things that things that nerdy people are are into you know uh they never turn out to be like i don't know like stuck up or they were they, most of the most of the most of the friends I've made like um they always say they weren't that popular in school and they're just very very relatable and my my fans are as well and like um I have met people that are you know have been giving me that emotional support that I need like yeah. when I need it and I I'll just say like this community um this community of people that and all these people that just care about the art that I create have just turned out to be the most amazing people because I've um my first the first person I met like URL to IRL my friend Rohan mm-hmm. I was extremely nervous <laughs> about that anyway shout out to um Rohan yeah if you're hearing this he just invited me to his place one time and I was before I arrived there I was extremely nervous I was like yeah oh god this is a stranger what if they're what if they're not who they like say they are or like what if they're dangerous and that that was the thought that was going through my head when i went to uh manchester that's where mm-hmm. rohan is based and yeah i'll say it again he turned out to be the chillest person he's actually he's actually the one that um convinced me that yo um as fun as as fun as this music thing we're doing is it's a business and it's best to take advantage of that if you are 
getting somewhere with it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I've just, um, he's put me in the, you know, mentality that um, I should obviously go like approach uh, everything to do with laxity as a business, as well as something I'm extremely passionate about. And it's worked. Um, I see uh, Rohan as like a mentor kind of person. Mm. So, you know, meeting all these people and like just interacting with all these fans in general has, has just turned, has just brought a, lo- a lot of nice people into my life. And I'm extremely um, grateful for all of that. How do you feel like you merge those two ideas together between this being a creative outlet for you and also being something that you're going to treat like it's your own small business? Because that's, a, I think, a common problem that a lot of producers, myself included, struggle with kind of keeping those two separate but related. I think I balance that by, you know, seeing it as, you know, something that's supposed to be fun. Sometimes it's not, like you said, but um, all the thing, like being creative is something I've always done my entire life. And I just, um, I don't know, I just focus on keeping it fun, you know, keeping it exciting by you know, getting into my door, getting doing some sound design and, you know, getting a manager who knows what he's doing really helps mm-hmm. as well. Like um, having a manager takes the focus of, you know, what you're supposed to be really focused on, which is like networking and sending, you know, things around and, and you know, all that stuff, getting in touch with labels, getting you all these opportunities. I can't do that stuff. I'm very focused on the music stuff. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know how to answer this question. It's yeah. a bit tricky. Like all, I, all I can say is that um, just remember the reason that you may have gotten into music in the first place. I, I I'm not really like keen on people that think that you know if you want to get into music, uh, you have to focus on the business side, which is like, like of course they work hand in hand together really well. Like yeah. networking, communicating, and you know just linking up with people that are higher up in the industry like that's very as useful as that is it's not really something you should focus on all the time it should be about the the craft and like your abilities in music because in the end it's more satisfying to you know get a following and get a bunch of people that are actually interested in what you're doing from like a listening perspective not like not because they're intending to like you know um use you for use you as a stepping stone per se. I think that's a really underappreciated and undervalued point. Like I would rather have somebody follow my project because one of their friends showed them it and they were really excited about it. Not because it got into a big Spotify playlist or, you know, I pumped thousands of dollars into Instagram ads and some of those people just happened to like the song. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it feels better to like, just keep everything organic. I guess like the entire, um, journey that i've had like to you know get a following the way i have is purely through the music itself like i i love connecting with my fans or anyone that listens to my music and i love just establishing a relationship with them that's like you know they'll they'll a relationship to the point where they'll like you know help you out because they want to not because like it's beneficial to them you know i think it's also important to understand what it is that you want specifically out of an artist project like, I think that's what you yeah. are going for with your music. And that works for a lot of people. That's the way that I see it, but that's not everyone. Like when I think about, I don't know, like a marshmallow or something, that's very much like a brand focused project. Like the music's there, but yeah. brand is central to it versus like a Tyco. 
Tycho has a solid brand, but it's his music that gets him these national tours and plays that he gets. So it's just like important to think about what matters to you with an artist project and then to do what you can to see that through. I think in my opinion, it's um, in my experience, I feel like it's uh, just the story of my life, like associating the story of my life with, um, you know, music and how far I've gotten with it in a career because it just blows my mind every day to look look at where I've where I've come from like I come from Zambia where it's like this this kind of um this kind of thing wouldn't really be beneficial there so I have no idea what I'd I'd be doing if uh, my parents never like moved yeah. to the UK but um yeah I just like to base like laxity on my life and just try to tie laxity with my life but at the same time make it so that it's a project that brings people together like you know i want i want it to be like a project where we have a massive following and, and a nice community of people because one of my one of my goals in life was to you know get better at socializing like yeah. i've i'm not going to lie my social skills are quite bad <laughs> if i can just say that like i i say i'm introverted like the i say like the laxity is a is a shout out to introverts and it's always <laughs> stayed that way ever since I started, yeah. but um, I want it to be the kind of thing that, you know, helps me grow as a person, helps me improve because I'm meeting like so many people from all walks of the earth, just, you know, there's, there's like all sorts of people you can meet and it's just, um, it's just, uh, sometimes there's just people you meet that will help you out, that, like the right people that come along. Like, for example, my manager, I never really like, um, got um adrian to like manage me because you know it's it's uh what an artist does i just noticed that you know he's able to do all these things like he was managing um my is it maxime like i just when i before I, before i met him i just saw that he was managing maxime i saw that he was like doing all these things like running a music blog and everything mm-hmm. and i was like very impressed by that we started talking and we became like good friends and <laughs> And it wasn't until one day I just went to him like, yo, I have no idea what I'm doing with this music stuff. Can you please help? Uh, we did like a little trial run of like um, just being, just having that relationship of artist manager, yeah. but you know, still, we're still friends at the same time, which is, uh, which still blows my mind. Cause like it's now gotten to the point where I'm doing this professionally and we're still getting better we're still like you know learning the ropes of it and everything but like i'm proud of like how far i've come yeah honestly i think it's a crucial point that we've touched on in the past couple podcasts that we've ran that your team should be friends first that you're building around you of course especially when it comes to management like we get this question all the time i talk about it a lot in the podcast but it's because we get this question a lot of times where it's really important that you connect with your potential manager as a friend first and foremost because you want them to believe and fight for your project Very important. more than anything. Yeah. If you um if you get a manager with the intention of, oh, I want to make money instead of like, you know, just knowing at least a thing or two about them and seeing if you have similar interests yeah. or like that kind of thing. Like I do this thing, um, especially like networking and sorry, like networking and people that approach me for things like collabs. It has to be it has to be done in a certain way you just can't can't come up to me and be like yo i've got all this music would you like to collab or you know like that kind of thing i'd rather someone just come to me like 
you know, hey, what's your favorite video game? Do you play, do you play video games? Yeah. And, you know, do you watch anime, that kind of thing? And, you know, just like, just say hi, you know, like, where you're from, that kind of thing. I don't like people that are like, hey, can I work with you? Like, just because we're in, you know, this is a business. And like, even if, um, even if the person that asks me has like the, the greatest music I've ever heard, there still needs to be that human connection. Mm-hmm. Because like, if you relate very closely with someone, that in itself like becomes um it becomes something special i can give a really good example um so i have this other uh project that i'm doing with my friend hans it's called sworn it's like a it's like a lo-fi project and um the first time i met hans um we were pretty much uh, like we got into our first call and we just talked for like hours on end because it turns out like we are literally the same kind of person and uh <laughs> we um we've been friends for like two years now and just starting this project um really goes to show like it's doing really well it's like it has like what seven hundred thousand monthly listeners on spotify yeah. and like it's um it's just this passion project that we started and it's just escalating and that's that's like the beautiful thing of, of like uh establishing a connection with someone in this industry to like you know actually be friends with them not to like use them as um as a platform to like grow your own thing and, and just dismiss them afterwards you know it seems like an, a funny idea that you know you kind of more self-identify as an introvert and not a super powerful and strong networker but you have in what seems like an extremely big network in music but it seems like that network that you have in music just comes out of you connecting with people over music, not connecting because you want to grow your project. Yeah, exactly. It always has to be that way. So I want to jump into production in a moment, but I've got one last question. You mentioned that, you know, kind of at the beginning, you had to secretly use FL Studio on your parents' computer and like go into school to do that. I'm curious if your parents' perception of your music has changed now that you're doing it professionally. Yeah, it has. Um, At first, they literally saw it as me just wasting time on my computer just making random sounds and even when i showed them like what i was making it just sounded like noise to them because like at the time i was like i wasn't good at it but um now they're a lot more uh supportive of that it was it was just a bit of a struggle like it (laughs) like they're now supportive and i just tell i tell my dad sometimes like uh if you gave me a lot more time on the computer like all of this (laughs) all of this stuff would have happened earlier just saying i mean i'm grateful for my parents for you know like uh, disciplining me and like moderating the amount of time I spent, um, you know, on my computer. Like I've, I've always been obsessed with technology and video games and computers in general. So like, that's, I feel like that helped moderate, um, the amount of time I was spending on like electronics because now, nowadays, um, it's every day. It's like, yeah, I, I'm always making music every day and it's, I'm not going to lie, it sometimes gets unhealthy because, like, <laughs> people don't know uh, the struggle behind, like, um, you know, going through different versions of songs just to get, like, the perfect one. Because I'm on this, I'm currently, like, on this massive quest to just um, make that one timeless masterpiece that will... Uh, based, do you know, um, you know Porter Robinson, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, he has 
he has a song that he released called uh, Language. Mm-hmm. And I want to make something as timeless as that. Not the same thing, just like yeah. something so impactful that it it starts a long wave of, I don't know, a, a new era of something or a trend or something yeah. like that. That's my that's my main goal with music. But sorry, we were on the subject of um, my parents and how they what they think about the music in general. Yeah. They're supporting it now because, you know, it's actually like, you know, making some making me some decent money and I've mm-hmm. actually been able to, able to like move out because of it and that's like that's insane. Yeah. Uh my dad my dad was <laughs> actually like surprised as well because um I'm yeah. not going to lie. Um I've not really I've not really um been the type to perform well in school okay. for like quite a while like i graduated uh university this year thank god like i did <laughs> the thing and it's over and now i'm like free but not so free because um since music is my job i have to be on it all the time yeah and it does get quite like it does get quite it, it gets too much sometimes that's all mm. i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah but yeah um there's nothing more fulfilling i could ever do right now uh, even though they had like different intentions for me to do something else, like they're always suggesting that yo, you could do all these other things that will that are more long term and you know will help you. Whereas music is like something you're supposed to be you know doing, and you have to be doing something different with it every time just to consistently making it your career. Yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where my parents' minds are at with the whole music thing. <laughs> so kind of moving a bit more into production i want to hear more about your production workflow i know you do some live streaming on twitch for people that want to actually see it in action but i'm curious just to hear what your songwriting process looks like from starting an idea to kind of developing that into a full song just kind of give us some insight into if there's like a standard order or flow that you generally go through um okay basically when i start a song it's going to be the most unpredictable thing ever it will make like I've had moments where I would start like making a house track and then it just turns into like something orchestral. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, this like I do, when I start making songs, I don't really like sit down and say, okay, I'm going to make this genre or this song is going to have this theme or it's going to have this story. Mm. I just, um, I just do a lot of experimentation when I start and I, I play my, piano by ear or like my, my songwriting was normally start like me writing chords or doing a bit, a bit of sound design and if i make some make a cool sound i would just like see the many ways i could like turn it into a track and make it interesting yeah so but the majority of my songs start off as chords and then i add drums and then we'll get like a little i'll start with the chorus first and then once the chorus or drop is fleshed out, I can then move on to the other parts of the song, like the intro, verses, uh, breakdowns, buildups, etc. Let's take my song Introvert, for example. Mm. Like my workflow is always different. Like Introvert was a track that I started when I was like, what, 18 years old? Okay. So like 17, 18. And then maybe one or two years later, I um I pulled the project out. It was just um it was just a piano chord progression and some strings. Yeah. But since then, 
after like learning so much about music production, obviously I've like grown, I've improved my skills. I learned new techniques. So I, I liked the melody that I started off with and just started adding onto it. Um, so what I'm, what I'm basically saying is that yeah. sometimes tracks will start off right away. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll take months to finish. Sometimes like they'll, uh, they'll take two days or like one day or like the shortest amount of time ever. But yeah, my workflow is quite spontaneous. It's not really planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really like, um, I don't really like apply themes to my music when I start. It's, it, it hel- that helps me um, just free my mind a lot more because I'm not like sticking to a specific direction that I want to go. It's not like, it's not limiting. I can just uh, do whatever. If I don't feel the song, I can just scrap it, start again. Or I love it when um, I start like one genre and it turns into a different genre or um, I change the tempo or do like I do, I do one piece of sound design. It fails. I try something else. And then when I get something started, the other piece of sound design I did somehow fits into like the new thing I started. So like that's. That's the many ways in which I um, start my ideas and just uh, get my workflow started. And then um, after everything's done, I spend like quite some time like mastering my tracks as well. Because I'm not gonna lie, there is not a there's no formula on how to master tracks. It's different for like every single song, but that process normally takes me like an hour to an hour thirty minutes, and that's you, you get a complete uh laxity song yeah <laughs> i feel like just to like touch on a point that you made just how critical experimentation is i feel like that's an idea that a lot of producers get but yeah. also neglect the importance of to a huge extent with their workflow like they're not open to just being like this track wants to go into a different genre or into a different bpm yeah. and all these different things like if that's the idea that's coming into your head you have to chase that because that's what music is it's going to be just an embodiment of your taste a kind of point in that that i want to ask you a question on is sometimes people that follow that trend can get themselves into trouble because they're not finishing tracks they're just kind of jumping around to different ideas just chasing whatever inspires them do you feel like you run into that a lot and part of the reason i want to ask this is because i feel like you release music on a good consistent schedule so i'm like curious the way that that fits in i think uh like I'm trying to achieve versatility in my production so much. So hopping from one track, one genre or track to the next, it's it's not so bad, but it can get a bit um it can get to the point where like I kind of start envying like other uh people that make other genres like, you know, dubstep artists. I listen to quite a lot of dubstep. Yeah. And, you know, I make quite a lot of chill stuff, but I want to get into, you know, hard, hard stuff like trap and dubstep and like all this EDM, like all the, all the dark sides of EDM. I want to touch yeah. upon that, but like my, um, my image as Lack City seems to be like, you know, just, just chill, um, upbeat, uh, songs that are supposed to be, that are supposed to make you feel some emotional connection to them. And, you know, sometimes just making different things, people will might accept them, they might not. Uh, um, sometimes it's just great to, you know, show people that, you know, you're not only like, <laughs> you're not, you don't only do one thing, you know, it's just great to like, show that you can do other things. But by doing that, sometimes it might, um, you might lose fans that way. But at the same time, it's like, 
it's it's uh it impresses some people some people it might not impress because there's people out there that'll be like oh i prefer this guy's old stuff because you know so and so this is how i discovered him do you ever end up having tracks that you're uncomfortable releasing on the lack city brand because they don't fit into that narrative yes um i have a few dubstep songs i made and um songs that involve my voice uh like i i released a song called purity this year yeah which is probably one of the i think it's the second song i've released with my own vocals in it and um i'm not really like i'm not really like a great singer like i'm not like I'm not the best. I rely on um autotune and pitch correction, but I wish I could. I wish I could sing in more of my more of my stuff, but I'm just very self-conscious about releasing mm-hmm. anything I sing in. Like I have this particular song on my uh side account that um <laughs> that's called Sometimes my sometimes I feel like my singing is underrated and sometimes I should tell myself to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like <laughs> I yeah, it's just a, it's it's mixed mixed feelings basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting talking about that with artists being nervous or self-conscious about releasing music because they don't yeah. want to lose fans. I think I always go back to um the producer Nightmare talked about that with his release Street, which outside of his like Good Vibrations song really launched his career and he did like a solo North American tour off of it and he I absolutely did not want to release that song because he thought it was so weird that people weren't going to like it. And he showed it to a couple of his friends and they're like, no, like you have to put this out. And it ended up launching him. So it's kind of interesting. Those things that are just on the other side of whether or not you will release it often be the ones that gain you new fans in the process because of that, because it challenges and does something different. I guess uh, the same thing could happen to me. Like if I just took that one risk, like if there's a song I made that I'm not really like keen on releasing, but if someone else thinks it's good and yeah. they're just pleading for me to release it, like I get that a lot as well. Like um, I send my friends uh, tracks I'm working on all the time and some of them are just completely different to um, to what I normally make. And, yeah. you know, they, they're, all, they're often just saying, yo, you should make more stuff like this. Like there's people that are encouraging me but sometimes it's people that are like no are you sure you want to do that because like you already have this sound with laxity going already are you sure you want to like mess that flow you have you, you have going already like um i feel like it's normal for an artist to reinvent themselves like this is like a common thing that everyone says but like i just um i just wish it was uh a lot more easier to you know express myself a lot more in different ways i think like in the past i released my album catharsis and like having orchestral music in there mm-hmm. wasn't really something i thought i'd be doing and it was um when i released uh the first track on my album introvert i didn't really think it was going going to be the kind of thing that would like blow up so much on yeah. soundcloud and like just kind of i've i've met like so many people that i looked up to after that and like my song uh good morning that was like um that was me trying something else like the carmack thing i used to do i used to do a lot of that style a lot more but um the previous the previous things i've done before in the same style were like more um they they sounded more sad like i want i wanted to make something like happy yeah. by doing that i released good morning and Actually, uh, three days after releasing "Good Morning," I was, I was, I re- literally wrote in the description that I was going to delete the song. 
<laughs> but um i'm glad i didn't because it was something completely different and um it was just really fresh i didn't think that people would um take to it so well and it's mm. what it's what um it's what has connected me to artists i never thought i would talk to like ikali medicine and it's yeah. just gotten me like um just gotten me like all these opportunities and helped me meet all these people and get signed to labels or be associated with labels i never thought i would be you know getting into yeah. because before this i never really like released on a lot of labels i feel like by saying this it's just uh me saying like you know people should take more risks yeah myself included in like releasing things because like that's how that's how you start trends that's how you start like doing something different you start movements that way and i think a lot more uh creative people should be taking that approach so kind of moving back into your workflow you talked about the fact that you use fl studio do you feel like there's any synths or plugins that are essential to your writing process um yeah of course um i use a lot of stock plugins Okay. Like I use majority or majority of my, my synth or stock. The effects I use are stock and I just combined everything in a certain way that um that I've uh, built my all my sound design from. And you know, even though people like always tell me people are always suggesting all these like third party plugins that I'm not really interested in. Yeah. And uh I'm I, I like I'm a person that likes to use what's around me instead of you know getting um going out and getting better things or getting upgrades i'm not really like i like everything basic so i like to use that's this is why i like to use stock synths like yeah. i'm the kind of person that would still be using windows xp to this day <laughs> if, if it was like if they were still developing software for windows xp i'd be, I'd be using it right now yeah i'm just that basic but yeah, my um, most of my synths are stock, and I don't really like get into any um, third-party stuff. Uh, the only third-party plugins that I use are mixing plugins, like you know, distortion, like fab filter, the fab filter stuff. Yeah. Um, I've recently just gotten into um, Serum, but uh, since it's the kind of thing that like sucks on your CPU, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not really. Yeah, it's not really something um, that I want to use a lot. What would you say to somebody that doesn't think that they can make that interesting and unique of sounds just using stock FL Studio plugins? I would say to them, uh, just learn as long as you know the basics, you know, as long as you know what an oscillator is and how filters work and just all the different effects that are out there or all the, like everything that you can combine together to make unique things. I just highly recommend that you don't go to you know like third party stuff immediately like i had that mindset at the start i thought i thought that i'd have to get something like massive uh i used to i used to like use nexus a lot yeah and i thought that like that's what you'd need to make unique sense but that's not the case as a rule of thumb for a sound design as long as you have one wavetable and just the just a, a massive array of combinations of effects that you can use you can make the craziest stuff with the most basic things and like as much as fancy as like third plugin third party plugins can be you will get the most unique sound like but just by using basic stuff you kind of talked about mixing being a more important part of your workflow recently i've seen you talking about it on twitter and whatnot too 
I think there's a lot of more intermediate producers that really struggle to make their mixes sound full and interesting. And just hearing how many stock plugins you're using, I'm kind of intrigued by that. What advice would you give to somebody that does struggle to kind of fill out their mixes to be as big and full as their favorite artists? I'll tell them first and foremost that these things, they will take time. You just have to develop develop the ear. It'll take, like, depending on your learning curve. Like, I've heard of, um, I've had friends that have just spent a year making um, electronic music and they've got they've just gotten good, like, super quickly. Like, some yeah. people... Some people will get good at it really fast. Some, you know, some other people will take years to get there. Like it's taken me six years to get the kind of mixes I do. You know, it takes time. Um, get as much feedback as possible. You know, just be open to criticism all the time, and you will like fail a lot of times before you like start making you know good mixes. It definitely took me a long time to get the ear for it because um, when I listen. When I once in a while I scroll back, I scroll down to all all the way to the bottom of my SoundCloud when I just started off, and every time I listen to those tracks, it's very easy, easy to like trans, transport my mind back to that time, back to that era when I was just like starting out, and I can I can remember like I can almost remember exactly how I used my thinking process used to be. Yeah. If you keep at it and you know just keep in mind that it will take time, you'll be surprised at how like depending on like how you approach music in general, it's it definitely surprised me when um I started like you know I started I started to know like exactly when my music sucks and when it doesn't yeah. suck. <laughs> it's just um you know it's just all about consistency and just trying to learn as much as possible. Um, you know, just l- uh, listen to as much music as possible. Just uh, see how your favorite artists mix their tracks, try to reverse engineer how they may have, um, you know, mixed their track. And, you know, just like, I, th- I feel like observa- observing someone someone else make music is the best way to learn as well as like, you know, putting stuff into practice. Yeah. So I'm just like, all I can say to someone that's just like, um, they've been doing it for a while and they're like intermediate is just keep at it. You will surprise yourself. Uh, don't give up, uh, take breaks. Don't be comparing yourself. Like it, it, uh, comparing yourself with, um, people that are better than you is like part of the process, but don't let it be something that like discourages you from yeah. not trying because you know, it will suck at first, 100%. but eventually you'll get to, you get to a place where like you'll surprise yourself and like just start all these like, yeah, just start like, um, making all these good mixes. Yeah. So before we wrap things up, talk a bit about what's going to be coming up for you in the next zero to six months. Um, so there's so many things coming up. So I've got the biggest one is that I've got a show uh, coming up on the 28th of November. I'm, not go- I'm going to be opening for draw. Do you say like Drolo? Is it Drulu? I think Drulu. <laughs> it's Drulu. Yeah. I'm going to be opening for them, which is, something i never thought i'd be doing yeah. um i have a sample pack coming out on the 15th awesome my manager and i are like thinking about getting merch because i recently got this um i got this uh laxity logo i don't know if you've seen it like recently like the text logo yeah we're, we're, we're trying to like um 
brainstorm for some merch so that's gonna be it's gonna be a thing at some point mm-hmm. my next ep project there's not there's no release date but i think i can just let people know that i'm working on something yeah like i've got like five or six potential songs that i could fit in an ep and release so yeah be on the lookout for that i think i think that's about that's about all the things i can recall off the top of my head besides that and like releasing more singles um i want to i want to get my presence on youtube started so i've got like i've been spending this whole month just like working on videos and tutorials like i posted this tutorial on my instagram that did pretty well and that's kind of encouraged me to like start making more um video content so yeah that's that's uh some things that people can expect from me in the next few months or so awesome all right well with that we will wrap things up for this episode you can find lax city's music in the description of this podcast so definitely go give that a listen as this podcast is just about over josh it's been great chatting with you and appreciate you being on the show man hey it's been great chatting with you too connor Bye.